0: You're listening to a podcast brought to you by international law firm Trowers and Hamlins, combining market sector thought leadership, advice and ideas, helping businesses add value and prepare for the future. Hello and welcome to the first of Trowers and Hamlins and uh, Positive Influencer podcasts. I'm delighted today to be joined by Michelle Charters, who is the chief executive of Cumber Amani Millennium Centre um, in Liverpool. Hi, sir. And um, it's really exciting that 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 we're talking to you today because you've had uh, such a—I know personally—you've had such a positive influence on on a number of people's lives. But can you tell me a little bit more about you, about you and the organisation that you're chief is Zekov, and what influence that has had in the local community and on people generally?
1: So, um, Cumberamani Millennium Centre is the building that comes out of the work of the Liverpool Black Sisters. So. When I was a 17-year-old girl and Liverpool Black Sisters formulated into a, a real organisation, I joined as a member and I remember sitting in a basement of a place called the Charles Wharton Centre, which was a community centre, and hand-sewing Kenty cloth pillows to, to sell so we could get some money. So it's quite ironic that, you know, 40 years later, I'm sitting there as the chief exec of their, their living legacy, which is that... That building. Um, They worked for from like 1979, 1980 in other people's buildings in basements. They never really had a full, beautiful base, but they worked really hard to support families, to 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 tackle racism and discrimination, to open opportunities for black families and white families, black children in terms of integration and, and inclusion. Especially around um, education and also in terms of employment, they're big campaigners. So they are a well-known group, a uh, Black women's group in in the country. And um, they went on campaigns not only in Liverpool but throughout the country. So they're known in London. And um, but then, over the years, when the Millennium Commission funding came out, they were approached because there was a specific pot for Black organisations. So there was like 10 grants that were going to be distributed across the country. And so they they worked with a group of people, different partners, different sectors, and pulled together 3.2 million to build what you see today, the the beautiful building. And that was kind of like the dream, the dream for them to have a building, the dream for them to have a community resource that could continue to support the community. So they were successful, got the 3.2 million and opened the doors in um, July 2004. But by July 2006, they were facing some real issues and some real problems because whilst they'd got the money to do the, the building, they didn't have their, both their Mancumber Millennium Centre, which had to be formed. So it was like two, two organisations in one. Um, didn't get the revenue funding to continue it. So I was called by another Liverpool Black Sister member alongside 12 other local women who were members to see if we could fix it, save it or, you know, make decisions about what we had to do with this new building. We'd only just got 18 months ago, but was already a threat of closure. And so we just decided to come together and to work together. And over the last 14, like 15 years now, we've got it out of a really bad deficit situation and we're now seen as a black anchor organisation in the community that not only supports other charities that work with the most marginalised groups, but more importantly ha- now has um, two services, one that's ongoing and one that's developing, and those services are a community engagement and development team called LA to Better Place, where we are supporting local people to look at issues that they know affect them, and helping them to um, engage and to develop things that they want to see, not what a charity thinks people should have. Mm-hmm. So we're working in a very different way in a different model. Um, one of the great things that would be quite interesting for you is that we've just recently signed up with the exchange chambers in Liverpool. And so we've got 22 local barristers, absolutely so fully 100% supporting 22 local young people to mentor in a mentoring program to get them into law and understanding, you know, how to get into the system. So it's kind of like the the pride of what I'm doing now. It's like, it's a pride, but it's also a bit of a, oh my gosh, I've got to get this right. Because from a 17 year old girl to then be responsible for the actual living legacy, because that building will be there. Um, it's got a 125 year lease. We're only, what, 15 years into it. So it's really important that we get it right. So one, it stands there as Cumber Millennium Centre, the legacy of the Liverpool Black Sisters. But two, that it continues to support the community in the way that the community wants, not what we as a charity think. So um, <laughs> it's an honour, really, to, to be the Chief executive.:
0: And I think that... that element um, is really important which is about it's not it's not what the charity thinks it, it's what yeah. the, what the community needs um, because it's it's very easy for people to assume what somebody wants rather than actually ask the question and I think that is where a real a real positive influence has, has, yeah. makes a difference going back to the barrister they 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 might mention with the barristers that I think is um, that's really exciting because one of the areas that I'm very clear about Uh, As a lawyer and as a senior partner of this firm is we have to find ways of bringing more black people into the law at the right levels uh, and not to be uh, to change the perception of the industry so that people don't think there's no point me applying there because actually there is. And it's I think programs like you're doing are absolutely fundamental, but we all need to learn from that and work out how else we can help.
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the things is I I'd, it, I got a phone call basically from, from someone at exchange chamber saying, oh, we need, you know, we're, we're thinking of doing this. And to be quite truthful, it came out after the Black Lives Matter issue of the George Floyd murder. And so part of me was like, oh, here we go. The, you know, they're asking us to get involved again. You want to do the tick box. But I, I also was aware because I've got family members who are in law um, who were who practising lawyers that there is also a commitment. There's a commitment that's been made, you know, for a legal, you know, uh, responsibility of, of the criminal justice system to be seen, to be doing stuff. So I said, okay, let's do this. And uh, But I actually saw, I gave my community development team the job and said, yeah, you know, hooked them up and said, let's, let's see where this goes. And the other day they sent me the itinerary. So they've signed up for an 18 month programme And when they sent me the itinerary of what they do, I was absolutely gobsmacked. I was really impressed and I thought this is going to work. This is going to work on so many levels in terms of because it's not just black barristers. It's black and white barristers supporting young people to understand the complexities, but also understand the process and the journey on how to think about being a lawyer or a barrister and how to actually prepare your journey for that. So they're doing things like literally sitting with them to help them to to you know write up a, a dummy application and telling them how to get that across. Skills like that of somebody who's already been through that experience and sharing that with a young person so they get it now And they understand the importance of it. I think it's going to have a a very good social impact, um, both for the community and definitely for the criminal justice system. That's just one arm of some of the civic responsibility work we're doing. We're also pushing people to go into magistrates. And and one of our activists has actually just become the first female Muslim magistrate in Liverpool you know and this is a project that's only been going for two and a half years this is a project where i asked big lottery to give me the money and i would aim to attract 15 activists per year and we've actually we're only 30 months into the program and we've got 120 activists so you know it's 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 needed it's what's needed more is to understand the um how you integrate the work between sectors you know if a sector that traditionally or historically hasn't been as engaging as it should it's about how you approach them it's also about you know the transparency the truthfulness you know and and also I I am a person who says I criticize with solutions so I do Mm -hmm. constructive criticism but I'll think of a solution before when I'm criticizing somebody for something that they're not doing I say but you could do it this way so and that kind of it it sweetens the pill doesn't it it stops them from thinking oh she's having a go at me no I'm not I'm just being truthful and if you're committed and you're really committed to want to see equality and diversity throughout your institution then let's talk but let's talk real let's be truthful
0: yeah and I think that is the um the truthful bit is so so important um can we talk about a bit more about you personally because i know you've got so wide interest you're an incredibly busy woman um what 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 is it the outside of of just of this of, of just this the big job that you've got as chief executive what else is it that you're looking to do within the community and the area to, to really show how you can change people's lives in the fullest way? Cumbermoney
1: and my journey is you know in, in community development over the 40 years and every organisation I've, I've worked in I like to leave an impact and I like to do something different and I like to to a uh, I like to look at issues and then look at ways in which we can solve those issues in a very different way. Things that quite unique ways that other people haven't considered. Um, and I'm quite lucky. I've got a, re- a really good reputation and a, a plethora of projects and, and work that, where that can be seen. But I'm also, in, in terms of the work that I'm doing with Cumber and Marnie, which is my paid job, I'm also a trustee of National Museums Liverpool. Um, which is my volunteer job and I've been a kind of volunteer supporter of national museums for 27 years so I've always been involved I've always been engaged I've spoken to staff I've spoken to the directors and so when they invited me to come on um, two years ago I was absolutely ecstatic because the museum is the representation in Liverpool it's a big museum it's got eight venues And it's also the host to the International Slavery Museum. So that's been there, you know, for a long time. And what that is, is a museum of recognition and, you know, truth of the transatlantic slave impact in Liverpool, because Liverpool made a whole load of money in in the transatlantic slave trade. But it talks about the trade and it also talks about the impact and also talks about the future. You know, what's going on now and what can happen in the future. So it tackles not only transatlantic slave um, issues, and, but also current modern day slavery. So, you know, it's, it's been quite interesting as a trustee to get involved with an institution that's so big, that's kind of very government-funded, but has been very open to change. So under the directorship of Laura Pye now, you know, there's a real, real commitment to race equality and diversity recognition within that institution and i'm really proud of the the part i'm able to play by continuing that dialogue not only as you know someone who's had an interest for over a quarter of a century but also somebody who's now starting to understand how the institution works because when you walk into a place you often just see people and they don't look like you but when you walk into a place and you st- as a trustee and you start to understand there's all these different departments that feed into that and still there's not that many that look like you. Like The, the museum's an employee of 720 staff of which it's got 40 odd black staff, which is good but it's still not the targets that we'd like it to be. So we've been working really hard at looking at the systems. Why are black people not going for jobs in the museums? Why isn't there any curators or archivists? And we're looking at, we've been working with the communities for many years to start to really address that. And we're in the middle of £150 million development on the Canning Dock. And we really want that to look and feel like it's owned by all of the people of Liverpool because Liverpool is so diverse and has these long, established, continuous black, And um, racial minority communities that have been there for for centuries. So, we need to see that, and we definitely need to see it in places like museums. We need to see it in, in, like I said, the criminal justice system. You know, we we don't want to just see the solicitors, we want to see the barristers, we want to see the judges. You know, we have a few barristers in Liverpool, we have quite a few black solicitors in Liverpool now. But we still, you know, there's still work that, that needs to be done. And so for me, I'm currently working on the comeback. I'm currently working and doing a lot of work with National Museums Liverpool. And I'm also, um, I've just recently realised that basically what I've been doing for 40 years is a bit about politics with a small p. You know, I, I've been doing the politics that needs to be done in the country and that's connecting with communities, understanding the needs, and then being able to address those issues so the people can make the difference and the country can be different. And so I've recently signed up to become, um, to go on the panel to become a councillor. So my next step is to go into politics with a small p, and maybe depending on age and and experience I might even go for the big one and go as an mp you know so but i'm not sure whether boris could deal with me
0: <laughs> At all. That'd be brilliant i mean, I mean that, that's interesting isn't it? because the, the politics with a small p in any business or any situation you're in people in my opinion who actually can really help make a difference is people who understand that that you actually are connecting it your part of your job is to do, to deal with those politics and, and not bury your head in the sand, I suppose, that, that they aren't there and, and you have to deal with it. What did you think, that the, the, what would you say the best att- attributes are in actually to try and implement change? Because I, lo- I love, I, was, I think you're, you're such a positive thinker and you're such a, a person that, you know, you get infused by it. Do you think that's vital? If you really want people to change, they've got to be brought along with you?
1: Yeah, well, well I think there's a number of ingredients. Um, knowledge is the first one. I'm able to work right across communities because I have a knowledge of all communities and their experiences. So even though I'm seen as a black activist or a black you know, leader, um, and that's other people's words, not mine, I see myself as being, yes, a black woman who's got a commitment to social change, social justice. Um, I see myself as being a person who has knowledge of other groups So I understand the discrimination that's been faced, not just by the black community, but by the Irish community, the Jewish community. You know, I understand, I know their journeys. I have, I love social history. So I do know about other people's histories. So I see similarities, but differences in groups. And it's that experience, it's my experience as a black woman, where I've got the empathy of understanding, of the anger of other groups. Because they're not listened to or they're not involved in, you know, initiatives. So I think it's that it's the listening, it's the the knowledge of of what you're talking about, what you're going into. It's the listening and having the empathy to understand. You you understand a lot better when you you've got a similar experience. And then it's the commitment to action. Yeah, and and with the commitment to action, there has to be truth from the very get-go in my book. If you're true and honest about making change, you have to, both myself and, and the other person, has to listen to maybe some uncomfortable facts around this issue, but we don't need to be angry about it. We need to say, yeah, that happened, but we want to make sure that doesn't happen again. And so we need to communicate our aims pull together a really good narrative to bring other people along with you on that journey but also I'm I'm a big crazy believer that you let the people do what they think is best for them and if they're gearing off you with your experience and your your knowledge can then say oh yeah I see where you're trying to go with that but you might be better trying to do it this way So it's about supporting, not dictating. And for every single project I've been involved in, it's always been about bringing all the people together. So even though people see me as a black woman, black activist, black leader, I am a woman who wants to see change. And that's how I want to be remembered as the woman who made change. Now, I didn't realise until I was doing some spring cleaning during lockdown how much I've actually done when I've got boxes in my house that I've got all the leaflets and the reports and the minutes and and certificates and invites. And I was like, oh my God, the amount of work I've done in these 40 years. And it made me stop and think because I just do it and I don't think about it. And I was really pleased and I was like, this is so I boxed everything into boxes. And I thought I'll leave them because when I go, my children, my grandchildren, will be able to look at that. I've also told the museum, when I die, just come in and take what you want, as to leave my history with yeah. the museum so the story can be told. And I think that that's really important. I think everybody's experience needs to be recognised, respected, and um, they need to participate. If it's, Some people don't, don't want to, but there's others who are... You know, I think I could do that and they want to. And it's encouraging them to make the changes. I think for the institutions and the sectors, it's the biggest benefit to have diversity at your running through your aims and the blood of your organisation because it brings different perspectives. It even brings more business because, you, you know, they're not tapping into the black economy when they exclude it. And that's ridiculous because we are an economy. And I think that the other thing is that they're not tapping into that understanding that people can get, you know, stories that they may not tell, you know, a black person may not tell a white person, a Jewish person might not tell a black person. You've got to have representation of your city, of your country in your business, because that makes more business sense.
0: Yeah, I think diversity of voice is what I suppose call it which cuts across all forms of diversity I think is fundamental and I think we're all a bit too, too fond of our own voices sometimes and we actually need to listen and I think that's your point is the listening bit and you might not agree but actually a debate a healthy debate is good because you learn from it so I, I completely agree what, what is the best bit of advice you've ever been given?
1: Well something my mum said to me and mum's passed now I lost her two years ago my my biggest influencer my biggest critic my biggest love But she said to me, Michelle, do what you're doing really well because people will remember what you did, not what you said. And I was like, what's she talking about? And now I understand because I, even in my, you know, like I go through certain parts of the city and there's a big massive building that I was involved in the redevelopment of before Cumber. And it kind of, it was it was called it's now called the Contemporary Open Centre and it's a massive building at the Baltic Triangle that didn't exist before we did that building. And now there's the Baltic Triangle. So there's the whole, you know, there's a whole Baltic district. And when I trot past there, I'm really proud. I'm like, I'm dead proud because I know that the work and the effort and, and the connection between the sectors helped to really drive that one building. Which then went on to drive that regeneration of that whole area because people saw it differently, and so I can walk past there with pride. I can walk past, and my my children can, and grandchildren can walk past or into every museum and feel a sense of pride that their mother, their grandmother has been involved in this change, and especially this this new development that's coming up. And I can, and every single time I go past Cumber, I just my heart just based with pride because I remember sitting in the basement and I'm now in charge of their building their legacy that will be there for the next hundred years so even though some of those women are no longer with us their legacy lives on because of that multicultural multi-purpose centre that they had a dream for we were able to deliver it
0: that's incredible incredible I suppose lastly, because unfortunately we can bring this to conclusion, it's such a fascinating conversation, uh, we're asking everyone in this series one, one question, which is, what is the one thing you would like to positively influence over the next year or next five years? You know, what, what is it, if, if you, a bit like you said about your legacy, but what is the one thing looking forward to the future you would like to say, yeah, I really influence that?
1: I think what I'm seeing, the beginning of now, I'm seeing the change for people. And the opportunities for people in terms of through the LA to Better Place community program, the opportunities, you know, we said we'll do a couple of projects. We have gone, we've got a mind map, you know, we've created this mind map. And when you look at it, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's it's like a spider's web of activities that have come out of LA to Better Place. That means that every single person that's on those strands from all those different areas are now engaged in a way that they were not. What I would like to see, and I've already, I've already got my eye on some local young people who I know will be the leaders of the future. And what I want to do, what I'm doing now is supporting them because in five years, I want those leaders to be there. So I can we are, your turn now. And I can chill out for the last couple of years of my life and watch, start to watch the people who've got the skills, the tools, the experience and the commitment to continue on the work that we've done. And there's so many of us in Liverpool 8. We've always been a unique um, community that has addressed our own issues, that's tackled the racism and discrimination we've had in a, a, you know, trying to be a positive way Um, There's still some work to be done and it's down to, it's really down to the next generation. We had mentors, we had peers that we looked up to and who shared with us. It's now our responsibility to share with them. So my legacy will be, hopefully, an increase of barristers, black barristers and lawyers and, and judges and magistrates. An increase in projects and initiatives and black businesses in the area. And in the centre, so they're not just all in the black community, but we start to see them in the city centre. And that's with the work I'm doing now with a new project called the Near Black Business Incubation Hub. Um, And then the other thing is to just see the communities connecting in a way that they've never done. Because instead of working in isolation, seeing the strength of partnership working, not just in communities, but in the sectors, the, following the pandemic, that is what we need more than ever, is to show that people come together to fix or to attempt to fix or to alleviate the pressure that the country has got. You know, we're a, we're a vast country with a long-standing multicultural community from all over the world. Let's promote that. Let's show the real benefits of what everyone's got to offer. And stop trying to feel like, you know, we're, there's, there's, a, there's a them and us. There is no them and us. There might be economically, but when it came down to the crunch and no one could t- could go out, we were all stuck in houses and we all helped each other, whether it was a phone call to check on a neighbour or, you know, some people like our, our NHS staff and our and staff who still went out there terrified. Because I know one thing, I didn't want to go out the door at the very beginning of that pandemic. So I have the utmost respect for the people who kept this country going. Well, let's recognise their worth because they are sometimes in some of those professions. There's a high percentage of, of you know, people who are non-white.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, thank you so much, Michelle. I mean, you're you're genuinely an inspiration. Um, and, and we're very lucky lucky to have you, and actually to to understand a bit about your, about your history, but also what you want for the future. I think it's fantastic, and I agree. I think the pandemic has been a great leveler, um, but it's also shown where we have a lot of work to do. And I think that's I, there was a lesson to be learned. There's a lesson there that, that is front and center. Thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. But unfortunately, we've run out of time, so I'm going to have to say goodbye. And thank you very much. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers and Hamlins. Find us at Trowers.com and join in the conversation on Twitter at Trowers, or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.